Oh shit, it's the coin toss. One surprise topic off the rip. Two sides of a coin. Every single week, Trey and Tarek debate two sides of a coin, except this week because we got Tarek and John. Uh, we got a banger this week as well. We got the New England IPA Patriots versus uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's what we'll go with. Um, <laughs> that's quite the nickname there. Yeah, Rich. that's all I got. That's all I got this, that's all I got this week. Falcons. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Simpsons joke, actually. The Atlanta Falcons. But anyway, um, I didn't really like the lines this week. So, uh, But before we get there, Tarek, why don't you call the coin? Oh, you know I'm going to call tails and fail. Oh, I got it this time. It is heads. It is heads. Look at that. I've fails every time. John, would you like the ball? I'm going to defer to the second half. Thank you. <laughs> all right, Tarek, ball's coming your right. way. Wasn't prepared for this. That's all right. I wasn't prepared for this coin toss. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really like the lines, honestly. So I just want to ask you, who's going to have the better fantasy performance? Is it going to be Jacoby Myers or Kyle Pitts? Oh, man. That's a good one. That hit me right in the fucking liver, dude. In the pits. Because because it was so great seeing Jacoby Myers finally find his way into the end zone last week. Like, dude had a historic run of not scoring touchdowns. Like, by far, by like a few hundred yards, uh, the most yards by a player to have not scored a touchdown. So that was super exciting. Also... Kyle Pitts had like a couple weeks stretch there where he was, you know, looking like what he was touted to be been a little bit more disappointing in the last couple of weeks. Um, so like, I want to pick both of them, but Hey, nah, look, just do in it, the dude. long, in the long run, in the long game, I far prefer Kyle Pitts as a dynasty asset, uh, to Jacoby Myers. So Kyle Pitts, he's, he's going to have the better, uh, fantasy game in this Thursday night football game. Well, John, I, yeah. I, I know take. I know That's you were hoping take. to take to take Pitts, right? But Jacoby is your favorite player, John. Jacoby is not my favorite player, but he is the guy I would have picked had I not deferred because he is the clear wide receiver one on an offense that's actually functioning. Matty Ice looks terrible. If he completes a single pass on Thursday, I'll be surprised. <laughs> Kobe My Myers may not get a touchdown again, but he will have the much better fantasy performance. But I will say Kyle Pitts, top five tight end rest of the season. Let's let's see. Uh, let's see if Matt Ryan can actually throw the ball to him this week. See how that Maddie Maddie Ice versus Mac Daddy Fire on Thursday night. Ooh. Ew. Because, you know, Mac, Mac Daddy. Mac Daddy. Mac Daddy's, on, ice Mac Daddy's on fire. Yeah. Oh, fire you're, doing ice a, yeah, you're doing a Game of Thrones thing again. Always. What's Game of Thrones? Explain it to me in great detail. Never heard of it. What the fuck is going on, everyone? Welcome into the Long Game Dynasty podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about Dynasty fantasy football i'm your host Tarek angry t Benshuya. with me john alexander and mitch yates yet another week yet another dude out of the office trey crying in boston on his way to boston we miss you bro but we'll soldier on look 
Usually, John and Mitch, I ask you guys what's going on, but uh, I'm changing it up this week because guess what? The listeners don't really care how y'all are doing. Um, <laughs> That's true. So in lieu of that, true. let's actually talk about some dynasty shit in this intro because today, on this day, Wednesday, November 17th, you, John Alexander, and you, Mitch Yates, made a trade in our <laughs> TLG show league yeah. where Mitch acquired Rob Gronkowski and John acquired Jonu Smith. An absolute banger of a tight end trade. This yeah. is a tight end premium <laughs> league, you know? So there's a little bit more importance placed on the that tight end position. So what I'm going to ask, I'm going to start with Mitch. Defend your position. Why, Mitch, did you trade away Jonu Smith for Rob Gronkowski? Well, I always say the best defense is a good offense. So I'm going to ask John what the fuck he was thinking. I mean, I just checked my phone and looked and saw, oh, he's offering me Gronkowski for Jonu Smith. Uh, it, my first thought was literally, is Gronk like on IR? Is is he out for the season? No, he's not. So he basically, in my opinion, gave me Gronk for free. So I had to press accept. Uh, I think Gronk's going to be helpful for me. Uh, I'm a borderline contender right now, so I think he might be able to fill in towards the end of the season. And uh, I know one dude that wasn't starting in my lineup ever again, and that was Jonu Smith. So enjoy, John. Uh, that's fair. I'm a little thin in that league at tight end. I've got Mike Gesicki. I've got Cole Kamen. Thinner now. <laughs> Thinner now. I, I should also preface it by saying that I am a rebuilder. So uh, my chances of Gronk doing anything for me in the future are basically zero. So I can firmly say on my timeline Gronk has zero value. Now, Jonu Smith's only 26 years old. I think he can regain some of his value that he has lost. I'll say that by my own rankings, I lost this trade because I have Gronk at 21 and Jonu at 24. Uh, but I just think that going forward, 22 and beyond, uh, Jonu has a better chance of retaining any value, which would be an improvement over Gronk for me because I he's not playing next year, right? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. I know what we'll I got. See. I know what I bought. And that's, that's that one-year rental, so... Let's go, baby. Yeah, we should we should definitely say that I went from uh, Pat Fryermuth to Gronk to Jonu Smith, so yay me. Oof. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, John, <laughs> or uh, you probably like a month and a half ago, I traded you Rob Gronkowski for Pat Fryermuth. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. But, I mean, yeah. you know, all, all jokes aside, I see what you're saying here. I mean, I think it makes sense for both sides. I, like Hunter Henry becoming like, you know, like the two catches for 18 yards and two touchdowns mm -hmm. guy uh, has been very triggering for us. Jonu Smith stands, which it looks like Mitch has completely jumped off the ship. You, you used to be a Jonu guy, Mitch. Oh, very much so. And that's why, that's why I have so much passion behind uh, his ineptitude. Um, you know what? I was, I was wrong <laughs> and I'm okay with it because I'm getting out in every single share here. If I can, if, if I just have some random trade offers for, uh, yeah, love it. I don't think you're wrong. I think you're just coming back to earth. I think Johnu had a bit of hype and it's coming back to earth and he'll rebound next year. All right. So uh, before we kick off this first half, when we will be getting into our week 10 dynasty insights, uh, John, uh, after missing last week, uh, wanted to loop back to you so you could give us a college player highlight. We haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I missed y'all. Uh, 
The Blitnikoff finalists were announced this week. I don't know if y'all saw. And I've made a concerted effort during the season to try and talk about all these draft-eligible guys that we're going to be seeing. And I got to admit, like half the Blitnikoff list, I said, who? Yeah, didn't, same. Didn't know who like half of them were. Some unexpected names on there. And one of them that I wanted to highlight is uh, Jareth Stearns out of uh, Western Kentucky. Who? Now, it's a group of five team. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know who he was before today or until I saw the list the other day. Um, he's he's actually the second leading receiver in terms of yardage in all of college football. Um, now, they've had some games where they've played against nobodies, but they've played against big teams like Michigan State, who's potentially a playoff team, and he had over 100 yards receiving against them. I watched the film. The dude's pretty legit. He's being used the same way that Rondale was used in at Purdue last year. They find him in open space, and he goes. He's 5'9", kind of in the same mold as Rondale and Elijah, the two Moors. Um, and he looks good. Like he looks like he could be a legitimate threat in the NFL. So definitely a dude to keep your eye on. I don't know if he's going to win the Bolitnikov, but he's got the yardage. He's definitely got the talent. And I love the story because this is a guy who was playing at Houston Baptist, uh, like two years ago. Oh, and wow. then he, he transferred into this power, uh, power five team. This guy could be playing, or sorry, a group of five. This guy could be playing on a power five team for sure. So he was a two-star recruit. He just never got recruited out of texas you know there's so many guys coming out of texas that some of them fall under the radar he's just blossomed so uh, he's going to get drafted the question is just where so watch out yeah so i had never heard of this guy before either and john was telling me that he is the younger brother of former longhorn and current denver bronco safety caden stearns uh so you know i mean him being tied to that that Longhorn bloodline is going to make me pay attention a little bit more because, as I've said many times, I do not watch college football. But uh, <laughs> speaking of not watching college football, let's talk about NFL football. Let's kick off this first half, uh, get into our Week 10 insights uh, for Dynasty. Mitch, going to you first. Let's do it. I hinted last week I wanted to talk about it, but <sighs> with a deep sigh, the king is dead. Derrick Henry managers are now in a really weird spot and need to face the reality that the King may have just done a cannonball off that age cliff. <laughs> I mean, he turns 28 in January, and he's racked up quite a lot of miles. We all know that. Uh, he likely took your team from contending to the middle of the pack here. So I think it's important that we have this discussion now. The dust has settled a bit, uh, given the market an appropriate time to adjust to the injury. And in your leagues, the contenders and rebuilders are a little bit more obvious than they were three weeks ago for the most part. Uh, so whether Derrick Henry comes back uh, for the NFL playoffs and boosts his value with a dominant performance, or he doesn't return and his value stabilizes or dips, we need to curb our expectations for 2022. Uh, the Titans would be fools to not look for a capable backup and start moving towards like a timeshare next year. Like those 40 touches almost certainly have come to an end here. There's no way that they're going to continue giving him that sort of workload moving forward. And like I mentioned, if you had Henry, you were a contender. So the first question you got to ask yourself is, if I trade Derrick Henry, can I still win my league? And if the answer is yes, then you got to do that. Uh, you should trade Derrick Henry so you can go win your league. There's no pride in that silver medal. Uh, you want to win the ship. So that uh, I don't really see holding him being a viable strategy right now. But if the answer is no, uh, you, should sh you should still either trade him uh, for some value if you're moving into 2022 to rebuild, 
So in most situations, got to move them, guys. Uh, you got to take that discount. Like I, like I was saying, Henry is the Titanic, and he smashed into the iceberg. And if you refuse to swallow your pride on this one, you can go down with that ship, but I'm getting on that lifeboat and getting the fuck out of there. I'm looking uh, probably just a first-round pick. Uh, honestly, I think that's what I'm uh, hoping to acquire here. Yeah. Um, what's interesting to me is like over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how reactive keep trade cut is as like a market value indicator. And, you know, like Mitch said, it's been a couple weeks. The dust has settled and Derrick Henry right now is running back 13 on keep trade cut. So what that indicates to me is that you can go after a team who thinks their time is 2022 and you can probably get more than a first round pick, right? If that market value is correct. Um, so I, I completely agree with this. Like, I think like if you had Derrick Henry um, and you need to trade him away to still be able to win your league, I think you should do that. And I think you should also trade him away even if that's not the case, because I think you can still get pretty good value for him. Um, so I generally agree here, Mitch. Yeah, and I'm throwing this out there because I feel like in a lot of leagues, we're going to have the Derrick Henry manager just sit on their hands here mm -hmm. because it's an uncomfortable situation. You don't really know what to do. And I almost feel like you're thinking that's the safe bet here. But the safe bet is actually trading him, in my opinion. I think it's much riskier to hang on to him because, like I mentioned, the Titans are likely going to add somebody in the offseason. Uh, they might draft somebody and bring somebody in. Like His value is only going to decrease most likely. So that's why I'm saying you got to get out now or soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, the way that I've got him ranked at 19, kind of nestled between Josh Jacobs and CEH, I, I've, I've built that into my ranking. I, I think you're right there, Mitch. I think that when he comes back, He'll be in a timeshare because there's just no way to get that get those touches. Not at his age, he's going to recover. He's going to play again. But to me, I think that you may be setting the bar too low because those guys in that range are worth at least a first and a second to me. Um, and I wouldn't be willing to part with them for less than that. But I definitely agree with you that you've got to get him off your roster. And I've thought about it. And I'm not sure that now is the exact right time. Like maybe during right before the or during the rookie draft, like I'll give you Derek Henry for your first and your second. That might be the time to make that move. I don't know, but I'm with you there. I think that we've got to get we've got to get him moving off your roster before his uh, perceived value catches up to his actual value. Because I think 13 is way too high. Yeah, John. Though right before the rookie draft is going to be way too late, is what I'm saying. If you can like get Aaron Jones for Derek Henry, would you do that? Yeah. Like Aaron Jones only supposed to miss a week or two. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. David Montgomery? Yes, but we know my stance on David Montgomery. John, what do you think? David Montgomery or Derrick Henry? If David Montgomery is going to help you contend for the championship right now. So I'm not contending with Derrick Henry. David, uh, with, with another running back of that caliber, I am contending. Yes, yes. I'm making that move today. Okay. Yeah. So don't, yeah, don't sit on your hands. Like, and figure it out. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify to John too, though. I'm I'm a gamesman when it comes to trading. I'm not gonna just go out right. there searching for a first round pick. Like I'm gonna go for more value than that. But I know I'm letting you guys know, you listeners. You know I I trust you, right? Uh, I, I 
I'm letting you know that that's what I'm deep down going to accept is a first round pick. That's probably about fair. It's I think that's where his value is going to get the next time he plays. I just don't think it's there yet. Okay. All right. Let's move on to John's first insight. What do you got for us? So let's continue on the theme of contending and mine's far less sexy, but we're kind of at that point of the year now where uh, you, you know whether or not you're a contender. Like at the beginning of the year, you're thinking, yeah, I like this roster. I'm a contender. <laughs> but if you're like me and you think you're a contender, you go two and six, you're not a contender. But if you're a six and two, six and four, whatever, how many weeks we've been through. Yeah, I uh, think we're 10. I stopped counting once I started losing. So, you know, the <laughs> last few weeks have been a blur. <laughs> uh, the thing that I think we've forget about at this point in the year is that we need to go for depth if we're actually contending. So in Superflex, I want to give you three names that are totally not sexy. Like you're going to feel awful after I see these three names, uh, but I think would be great depth pieces for you if you need a QB3 in a Superflex league. And in order, uh, the na- three names I'm thinking of are, and watch me butcher this name, uh, Taylor Heineke. Nice. I, I got it right, actually. Uh, Cam Newton. Hanky panky. Cam Newton. Can you believe we're talking about Cam Newton this week? I love it. He's back. (laughs) And then here's the dirtiest one. Trevor Simeon. Oh, my God. (laughs) Boo. These are three guys in Superflex that I think would be outstanding QB3s for your playoff run. And I would prefer to move them for fair value, which is probably two-thirds. But I'm willing to move as much as a late second for them. Uh, So you know you're a contender, right? You your trade you probably got a trade deadline. The worst feeling in the world is you pass the trade deadline and you you lose one of your two QBs. You don't want that to happen. So these are three guys that are probably with barring injury, they're going to be starting for their teams for the rest of this year. Definitely one of your rentals, but they're pieces that could get you over the finish line just in case. They're like insurance policies. Uh, and if you're a contender, then you shouldn't be worried about rookie drafts you should be worried about winning a championship and i think that taylor heineke cam newton or trevor simeon they could get you over the hump so i'm willing to pay what feels like probably an overpay with a late second to go get these guys if that's what it takes to get me over the finish line so i know it's not sexy and you're probably going to feel dirty doing it but it's all about winning championships not trades right yeah, John, I agree with you, man. I agree with you on Taylor Heineke for sure. When I was looking for him, most managers were giving me the uh, the old first round pick or nothing treatment. And every time I saw that, that really ended my trade conversations. But man, Cam Newton, <laughs> if he if I was able to scoop him up, he's going to be starting for me in a super flex league. Yeah, it looks like Cam's going to be the starter for the rest of the year in Carolina, I imagine. Um, I don't think Sam Darnold, even if he does come back, is going to command that job back. Uh, So, yeah, I I, I think I'm probably going to take this advice on my contending rosters and go uh, dip into Taylor Heineke, Cam Newton, maybe not Trevor Simeon. Uh, I, I think there's still a good chance that Taysom Hill takes over that job. Uh, Call that take lock, but uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, like I, I want to highlight what John said, like there's no worse feeling than getting past your trade deadline and having no recourse to a QB two, right? So get you a QB three, even a QB four right now, if you can afford it. Yeah, definitely guys. It feels dicey, man. I'm, I am rolling those dice in uh, a couple leagues. I think I have in both of them, Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow as my only two quarterbacks and 
Man, I, I tried to get me that third quarterback, but man, sometimes the price is too damn high. There is no better feeling than benching Dak, Dak for Trevor Simeon. Come on, go get you some. <laughs> hey, John, we, we got a league where we've had a couple of conversations about I have a quarterback that you want and you have a running back that I want. Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe if I go get one of these quarterbacks, Ooh, uh, we'll spicy. be able to I like it. get that trade done. But we'll... we'll, uh, we'll We'll give some insight to the listeners next week if that goes down. No spoilers. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to my first insight coming out of week 10. And it boils down to this. I'm excited for whoever becomes Mac Jones wide receiver one this offseason. And I will prioritize paying market value for them if there's any hesitation out there in my leagues. So in week 10, Mac Jones had the best game of his career. And while in my rankings, he's likely always going to be a firm quarterback too, unless like over the course of several years, he shows 40 touchdown upside. All that being said, he has demonstrated that he can support fantasy relevant pass catchers. So the issue is his current core of pass catchers includes some slightly above average tight ends and very replacement level wide receivers. Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Nelson Aguilar. Look, none of these guys are making dynasty managers very excited, with the exception of that Jacoby Hive that is out there, of course. But let's imagine one of Drake London or Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson or Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin or Mike Williams or Devontae Adams one of those guys makes their way onto the New England roster in March or April, even Juju Smith-Schuster would excite me. Look, wide receivers drafted in New England famously have not worked out, enough to where you could maybe consider that a trend, but if a rookie that we like pre-draft becomes a Patriot, that's going to be a plus for me, and I'm going to be targeting that player. So what do y'all think? Yeah, I'm, I've moved up uh, Mac Jones Firmly as a quarterback, too, I've got him at 20. I've got him right in front of Zach Wilson, actually. Um, he looks good. He looks like a solid NFL quarterback he's going to play. Um, he's If he's your quarterback, too, you're feeling good. And I think you're right. Like, if Mac Jones is good at anything, it's getting his ball to the wide receivers. So if he ends up with an elite wide receiver, yeah, I like it. Um, I don't know that uh, the Patriots are going to necessarily go after a wide receiver high again after drafting Nikhil Harry, and it didn't work out for them, but I could definitely see the free agency thing, and I love the idea of Allen Robinson going there. I, I'd be to the moon if Allen Robinson ended up with the Patriots, so yeah, definitely w worth keeping our eye on. Yeah, and the way that they've been throwing the ball uh, and spreading the ball around, I, I don't love the rookie draft pick but i do agree with you there if a free agent came in um like a it would have to be an alpha free agent though it couldn't be another uh Aguilar or born or another dude like that because i think those yeah. dudes are just going to be more uh like system guys and the system's working out pretty well for him as it usually does in that offense so uh it would have to be a very 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 good player coming in there yeah, and I and I think there's potential for that. I think that's like a glaring need on their roster. And I think part of the reason uh, we talked about this in the preseason, but part of the reason the Patriots kind of spread money around on pretty low um, years and low guaranteed contracts is because they want to be in the race in a in a year or two, right? To get 
uh, a big free agent. Um, so I think it's possible. I think it's part of their plan. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and I'll be excited. You know, obviously Juju Smith Schuster is like the, the lowest name of those that I listed, but like imagine Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin there, like that throw that Mac Jones made to Kendrick Bourne for that touchdown last week was incredible. Like it, it, it showed me that he, he can do more. Like he's never going to have a rocket arm Mac Jones, but he can be Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins extremely capable at, you know, uh, supporting very fantasy relevant elite fantasy pass catchers. He likes that. Well, he did it at Alabama, right? And he's kind of dispelling the myth that he was he was only as good as he was because of the people around him. Uh, I think he's just as well. It's a give and take there. I think he supports those weapons well. And if he can get that elite weapon, we saw him do it at Alabama. He can support, support a Heisman winner. He could support an elite weapon at uh, New England as well. Right. I mean, right. exactly, guys. He's dealing with Bourne and Aguilar and Jacoby Myers. Like, if he can deal with those guys, give him, give him a real, give him a real target. Yeah, for sure. All right, Mike, check. It is halftime. why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. And uh, unfortunately. Uh, Last week, we went 0-4 for the first time on the season. Look, it was bound to happen, guys. Not great, but it was bound to happen. 21-19 and overall, so getting into that average sharp territory. But we're going to bounce back. And it's important to note that since we have won two parlays on the season, we are going to be in the black no matter what. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, all right? I'm obviously very upset about this. but (laughs) Is that because uh, we're less sharp that we're more blunt? Is Is that what we're doing here? Very blunted. Uh, <laughs> All right. So me and Mitch, seven and three on the season. Trey is four and six. John, uh, you're taking up that last place position <laughs> with three and seven. Pretty bad. But hey, pretty bad. It's it is a bounce back week. And <laughs> let me let me start off by dictating Trey's pick. Uh New York Giants plus eleven at Tampa Bay. Here's the quote by Trey. I like the big dog on Monday night football. Woof. Think I, I think Tampa has been struggling and will win this game, but the Giants have enough juice with Saquon back and the defense playing well enough to keep this under 11. Mitch, you got the big oof on you there. No, I said woof. Big woof. dog, baby. The big dog. woof. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. What do y'all think about this pick? I like Tampa Bay. I, I don't like the idea of having root against them, so I guess I'll just be rooting for them to win by a touchdown. Every time I've picked for the Tom Brady's, it has failed me. So uh, what does Tom Brady like the least? The Giants. I like the pick. <laughs> True, yeah. Tom Brady has uh, had some struggles against the Giants in his career. So that's a good point. All right, John, what's your pick for this week against the spread? Did you all watch uh, Sunday night primetime Chiefs versus the Raiders? Ooh, sure did. Chiefs look good, man. The Raiders look like dog shit. And guess what? They're playing at home again, this time against Cincinnati. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Mm, I love that. They're going to look great. I think my heart's telling me that even though they're only favored by one, the Bengals are going to blow out the Raiders. And that's exactly why I've picked the Raiders to go to win. <laughs> I'm picking the Raiders plus one. <laughs> Because I'm so fucking bad at this that I am just going to do the opposite of what my instincts. I'm sorry, Joe Burrow. I thought I think you're going to win this thing, but I'm I'm terrible at this. So I, yeah, you're probably going to lose. You're just so going with the opposite. Exactly. 
Okay, so you're you're so you're on a four game losing streak here, John. So you're 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 taking. I think Mitch earlier this week told you, "Hey, just pick the opposite of whatever you want to pick." I, I really did, and uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see how it works out. <laughs> Honestly, I don't hate the pick. I mean, like you know, the Raiders got embarrassed by the Chiefs, but at the same time, like the Raiders are a decent team. You know, they're um, both five and, and four. Yeah, the Bengals are very liable to have a big fart, you know, every couple of weeks. So um, I don't hate it, but I, I like I like the methodology there, <laughs> John. Really scientific methodology. All right, I'll give us our third pick against the spread, and I'm taking the Washington football team plus three and a half at Carolina. Ron Rivera revenge game, I guess. It's also a Cam Newton revenge game, technically, who's likely going to start. But look, I'm just going to ride the Washington football team's big-ass win over the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. And in doing so, I'm going to take the points plus three and a half and hope I can help end this collective cold streak that we got going here on TLG. I'm feeling this pick, though. It it feels good to me. You know what's really good to break a cold streak is to pick three consecutive dogs. All right, here we go. Well, well, let's make it four, baby. Uh, how about them Cowboys uh, taking them two and a half plus two and a half over the Kansas City chefs? And uh, I don't know why I'm doing it. I, I've gotten the last two weeks wrong. So uh, I, I I think the Cowboys looked pretty good last week. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs have looked kind of like shit over the course of this season. So I, I hope to see a good game. One of those fireworks offensive like you know, 45 points each side. And that's what I'm hoping for. But I'm mostly hoping for the Cowboys by plus two and a half. Yeah, I love that you're picking the Cowboys here. I'm so excited for this game. I think like my hesitation is what we've seen is that the Kansas City Chiefs get slowed down by cover two defense, keeping those two safeties back. And Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, Really loves to play cover three and cover one. Uh, So we'll see how stubborn he is uh, when it comes to trying to slow Patrick Mahomes down. But, hey, I love the pick. Go Cowboys. The boys got a good secondary right now. And uh, the way way Mahomes has been playing YOLO ball hasn't been working out for him the way it usually does. So I like my odds. All are we going all dogs Four four dogs? Who's the guy that's got all the interceptions for the Cowboys? Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, watch bro. out, Mahomes. Watch out. He doesn't play fantasy. Give John a, a break there. True. We don't, we don't do that defense shit. IDP. Yep. Le- leading the league in interceptions. He's he's a ball hawk. I mean, he he kind of gives up a lot of yards as well as gets a lot of interceptions. So it could go either way. But all right. So for a recap, Trey's got the New York Giants plus 11 at Tampa Bay. John's got the Raiders plus one because it's opposite day over in John land uh, (laughs) against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going with the Washington football team plus three and a half at Carolina. And Mitch, how about them Cowboys plus two and a half over the Kansas City chef de cuisines in Kansas City. Bold takes, guys. Let's see how it works out. Let's kick off the second half, get into this second set of Dynasty Insights geared at gaining an edge on your league mates and mitch we're going back to you all right well guys i'm gonna do my best i'm gonna try and turn y'all into hunter renfro fans you ready i might even try and spell it right uh, 
We need to stop sleeping on him. I was sleeping on him, but I'm awake now, boys. Uh, I was watching some Raiders tape and decided to start watching specifically some Renfo tape after he kept making some really incredible catches, sticking some really sharp routes. And I, I wanted to watch more. Guys, Hunter Renfro is hitting his stride. I don't believe that we are seeing the ceiling, and I know that's been part of the conversation that we're having. I hope to continue that, but I, I think he's actually a budding talent. I I think now is a perfect time to get involved in the Renfro business. So it's hard to believe uh, he's only in his third year in the league. Uh, but hey, sometimes you go bald early and you have late breakouts. Trey's favorite type of player, am I right? But Tarek and John, for example, guys, you have uh, you have him at 50 and uh, 55. And he's currently sitting at wide receiver 27 in PPR, 32 in standard. And that's about where I have him ranked, wide receiver 34, and uh, to which Tarek says is batshit. Every game but one, he's had five or six or seven receptions. He's had a minimum of five targets a game and is averaging 7.66 targets a game. His volume is safe because he's commanding it, and I expect that to continue in 2022, regardless of what moves the Raiders make in the offseason. So I mentioned that it's a perfect time to acquire him. If you're still iffy on his talent or haven't seen a lot of his tape, his situation's great too. David Carr is throwing, and I said David Carr is throwing a lot. Fifth most in the league, to be exact. The Raiders are going to be scrapping for that spot in the playoffs, scrapping to the bitter end, and they have a pretty inviting schedule on the back nine. Uh, They got Washington, Kansas City, Cleveland, Denver, and Indy to close out the fantasy season. So... I just went and acquired uh, Hunter Renfro with a W. I just acquired him for Amon Ra, St. Brown, Gabe Davis, and a third. And I'm sure you guys could get him for like a wide receiver four or five and a pick. Uh, I I really do think he's going to be a wide receiver two or three going forward. And I know you guys don't agree. So what do y'all what do y'all think? Uh, I think Tarek probably has a stronger opinion than me. So I'm going to go first. But here's what's interesting to me. The thing that made Darren Waller so valuable as a tight end was the number of targets that he was getting. And that hasn't really materialized since the first game of the season. Yeah. Um, And it seems like they're going to Renfro's way instead. Now, I think that might be precarious. Uh, I... I, I like it. I like that he's getting the, all those targets because he, he's um, he's turned into a PPR dynamo. But my issue is I legitimately think that Brian Edwards and uh, Darren Waller are the better receivers, just generally speaking. So I think that talent will prevail. And one of those two guys is going to end up being the primary receiving option there. But, you know, I the data doesn't lie. And right now that's Renfro. So if you legitimately feel like he's going to be able to keep doing this going forward, then he's a really safe floor. And if he's your wide receiver four, I dig it. I'm not sure I'm willing to pay wide receiver 27 prices to get him on my roster. But if I'm paying wide receiver four uh, prices to get him on roster, yeah, sure. I just don't think that he has the ceiling that Brian Edwards or Darren Waller have, but I don't know what the Raiders are doing either. And we might not know for sure until 2022. But if you're contending in 2021, Renfro makes a lot of sense. It's the tape that really that really does it for me. So when you say Brian Edwards is more talented, I'll say he's bigger and I'll say he's faster. But I would actually say that the more talented wide receiver is Renfro. And like I said, he's commanding these targets. He is in the clutch situations. David Carr is looking his way. And like... I'm telling you guys, he's good, and he might be a better football player than a fantasy player right now, but 
that's a good thing. It, this is really his only third year in the league, and I want to pay those low prices for somebody that I think is going to be giving me a lot more returns, and he's already showing it. I mean, they're giving him the rock. So here's where I disagree with your take, and it, and it's that what you said is I do not think we are seeing the ceiling right now, um, and I just think that's false. Like in most games, you know, he's averaging 7.6 targets, like you said. In most games, he's getting eight or more. So, like, what do we expect Hunter Renfro to get Devontae Adams 15 target games? Like, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I, you know, I, I what I do agree with you is that he's a good player. Like, he clearly knows how to get open in the slot. He's, he's clearly going to command a reasonable target share. But for a really long time... The a, a guy like Cole Beasley has been doing the same things, right? Cole Beasley is very good at getting open in the slot. He has been for several years, and he has commanded a high target share from both Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. That's Hunter Renfro. He he is Cole Beasley. They are the same player, you know. Um, so I just I I don't see how you can have a guy with a ceiling like Chase Claypool's or Kadarius Tony's ranked behind Hunter Renfro. Like I know we have different rankings philosophies but it just doesn't it doesn't compute to me. Well, maybe this will help. I I find his floor an asset. Mm-hmm. And I understand that his ceiling isn't as high as those players that you just mentioned. I I think that's obvious, but I do think that a good player who's being fed is going to be a better player. I think he's going to continue on that trajectory and I'm saying right now he's cheap. He's super yeah, cheap. Yeah, he's cheap. And for like, sure. And uh, honestly, like if they keep feeding him and he keeps performing the way he does, I I see him as becoming a better player. Like I said, and therefore his production going up, scoring more touchdowns, getting more looks. I mean, maybe Thielen is his ceiling, ceiling here. And if I have a little mini Thielen, then then I'm all about that. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a lot of white receivers yeah, right now. That's <laughs> it's really not what easy I'm to make those comparisons. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Like maybe he can, you know, Thielen was a guy who really didn't come on until he was in his late 20s. So I, I can I can see how that could happen, you know, outside of his whiteness. But like, yeah, I mean, I think the most likely situation is that we're seeing his ceiling right now and that the the Raiders try to replace what they lost in Henry Ruggs and his target share ultimately ends up going down. Um, but, you know, I like what I do agree with you, he's cheap and he's an extremely serviceable PPR flex. So go out and get him if like if he can help you, you know, because you're not going to have to pay much for him. Um, but as far as like where you value him, I just can't get on board. Maybe you will. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Hey, put put a put a bookmark in it. All right, John, moving on from Hunter Renfro. You're talking about another slot receiver here. So if Mitch's take didn't make you say, what the fuck, then I'm definitely going to make you say that because I'm going to pull one out of left field here. Um, And this happened while I was updating my ranks yesterday. I was going through and I found I was like scrolling down the list. I'm like, where's this guy? Where's this guy? It's like freaking wide receiver 60, 60. I'm talking about Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is a buy for me right now. And I know it's funny to say because he hasn't played this year, but let me let me explain. All right. So keep trade cut right now. This is where I just made this discovery. Has him at wide receiver 60 
And I know we've talked about keep trade cut, very reactionary, can't really trust it. But if we go with the quote unquote experts at DLF, they've got them at wide receiver 57. And to me, that that's the sort of value that's equivalent to like somewhere between a late second and an early third round rookie pick. Um, I guess I'm off my rocker. Firmly, guys. firmly a third round pick. Okay, yeah. well, let's call it a third then. I must be totally off my rocker because I've got them at wide receiver 30 ahead of guys like Allen Robinson Adam, the aforementioned Adam Thielen. What about Renfro? And, and uh, Renfro, I have it like 50. You said that. <laughs> you already knew the answer to that question. You literally quoted it at me and yelled I know, at me. I'm just being you kid. scolded me and pointed a finger. Okay, look, I get it. He's been injured this year, but he's only 25. And people seem to have forgotten that he was wide receiver 24 just last year. And he was averaging 14 fantasy p- points per game. Uh, Mitch, how's uh, Renfro doing? average wise right now i have no idea john it ain't 14 i'll tell you that my book here (laughs) i closed my book okay he's in teacher mode Uh, guys if you don't know he does teach math it's computer science now yeah Yeah, i don't teach i stand in front of people and i yell all right curtis samuel let's keep talking about curtis samuel all right curtis Curtis samuel Samuel. look he may not play in 2021 he's been dealing with the groin right but at the price of a light second or two-thirds or even a third if you can swing it I'm willing to pay the price to go get a guy that has a proven ceiling and has a minimum of one season remaining with the Washington with Washington on his contract and as many as four. They've people have forgotten about Curtis Samuel. He was good last year. He's a good player. His value has plummeted so much so that it's at the lowest point that it's been basically his entire career since he broke out about a year ago with the Panthers. So you're never going to get a better discount than the one you're seeing today. Look, you can disagree with my ranking of him wide receiver 30 that's fine but you've got to agree with the ceiling he is well more worth the price of wide wide receiver 60 57 55 whatever like go roll the dice for that price because he's likely to return a value that's much higher than that yeah okay he he's my wide receiver 49 uh so i'm higher than consensus on him i mean first i want to say i can't believe we're going to spend like 15 minutes of this podcast talking about fucking hunter renfro and curtis samuel (laughs) I mean, welcome to the long game, guys. All about all about borderline players. But look, look, like, yeah, go pay a second, a late second for Curtis Samuel, because that's where you're going to draft people like Diami Brown, who probably won't work out or, you know, these other players like I, I come and He probably does have certainly a year because he was brought in on that contract and Ron Rivera's there, very invested in Curtis Samuel. So, like, and he's a good player. Like, you know, Matt Harmon special. I stand Matt Harmon. Curtis Samuel is his guy. So, um, I agree with you here. I just, like, this is, this is a long time to talk about fringe fantasy you options, can't, guys. They can't all be blockbusters. You got to win on the margins, Derek. John, I'm going to give you some love here. Sometimes they're not sexy. And I, I think I agree with you here. And the reason I agree with you is because I trust you. And this sounds very familiar. Before we were recording uh, last year, uh, John was feeling this way about Debo. And Debo is a little bit different. Uh, I think his, well, no, I honestly, it's comparable here. And They're, they're similar and players. So yeah. he was hurt, banged up, not really doing anything. And John kept firm in his rankings, keeping him as high as 30 and whatnot. And look where he is now. So... Uh, I see the potential in Curtis Samuel. Like, I, I don't think that I would be thinking this on my own, but 
because you feel that way, John, I feel that way as well. So I've retained Curtis Samuel up in my ranks. I I see it as a similar situation. And so why not roll the dice? If you he's already proven it, like you said. So let's yeah. right now, if he's really that cheap, go get him. I mean, like, despite my exasperation, I will say, like, Deami Brown has done nothing. Adam Humphreys ain't shit. He's Hunter Renfro. Um, like DeAndre Carter ain't it, you know, so they, they need another guy there, right? Like, so Curtis Samuel could come in and make some noise. So I, I see the trajectory here. I'm just like, I'm, I'm tired of talking about fringe players. <laughs> Hunter Ren. Well, you know, if, if Hunter Renfro was my reputation player, Tarek, it would still, he would still be doing better than your reputation players. So. <laughs> Hey, Brandon Ayuk and Tylen Wallace. Let's remind all the listeners how how my reputation is going. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't listen to me. But speaking of don't listen to me, let's move into my <laughs> second dynasty insight. And hopefully you guys still trust me after Mitch threw a wrench into my fucking reputation. But all right. My second insight, DJ Moore. He's still good. We just talked about Curtis Samuel, a former Panther, current Panther, DJ Moore, still good. I've been wanting to talk about DJ Moore for a few weeks now, and I'm making it a point of emphasis this week. It is time to buy DJ Moore, especially if you are rebuilding or productive struggling. We are in the midst of a six-week stretch in which DJ Moore is wide receiver 38 in points per game in PPR. That's tied with Cedric Wilson and Jacoby Myers, a guy who's come up a lot today. It has not been fun for DJ Moore's managers, especially those who consider themselves contenders. But look, in my opinion, he is still one of the best wide receivers in the league from a talent perspective, and he's only 24 years old. So let's talk about some recent DLF trades in a Superflex league. DJ Moore in a 2022 first for Tyreek Hill. I love Tyreek Hill. He's my wide receiver four, but honestly, give me the Moore side. Cooper Cup and Jarvis Landry for DJ Moore in a 2022 first and a 2023 second. Cup is undeniable, but look, give me the DJ Moore side. I want that first. I want that second. Another one, DJ Moore for Ezekiel Elliott. That'd be a great rebuilding trade in my opinion. What all those trades tell me is that he is a screaming value, especially if you are rebuilding. And even if you're contending, If you've got some leeway to take on risk for the rest of this year, the value is clearly just so good for a talent like DJ Moore. Go get him. Yeah, Tarek, I love this. I I really do. I'm a huge DJ Moore fan. And you really hit the nail on the head in regards to if you are a contender and you have DJ Moore, like, this is dicey. This is not not my... Oh, hold. Yeah, Like this. Cam Newton is here, though, and Cam Newton is uh, slinging him the ball. And I don't know, man, like even me, the biggest, the biggest uh, DJ Moore fan here. I'm I'm feeling sell. I'm getting nervous because if my contending window is this year only, then I don't know if DJ Moore is going to be helpful for me in the playoffs with Cam Newton. And so that's where you got me. Right. If you're trying to buy DJ Moore from me. You you got me worried, and so like it, the situation is absolutely like it's it's happening right now. You can't help but feel nervous with Cam Newton throwing him the ball if you're that contender. Yeah, I am. I am the lowest of this group on DJ Moore. I've got him wide receiver fifteen. 
That's uh, right around where he is in Keep Trade Cut, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, well, then I guess I'm in the majority. <laughs> like hey, that. look at you. Uh, that being said, I, I actually agree with you that I think he's a great rebuilding piece. Um, I actually agree with Mitch as well that if I'm a contender, then I'm nervous. Um, and I'm probably trying to make a move to get somebody that's more consistent. But he's young and he's good. So... Yeah, I, I probably want him on my roster, and I don't think you're going to get a better discount than the one you're getting right now. You might be able to wait a few weeks because we've talked about Cam Newton coming in, and I don't think that's going to do much for DJ Moore's value. So maybe right up against the trade deadline if your league has one, that might be the time to make that move when the contender's sitting on him and he's thinking really hard about it, like, ah, I don't think I'm going to make a, make a run with DJ Moore. That might be the time to make that move. Tarek, you did say hold if you're a contender and uh, like uh, you can't help but yeah. agree with that. I I'm just saying if the window was this year, then it might be considering punt. But if your windows like into next year, then absolutely yeah. hold them. Look, yeah. Hey, I mean, one of the trades I talked about was DJ Moore and a 2022 first for Tyreek Hill in a vacuum. I'm taking the Moore side all day yeah. because I am, I'm, I'm a value vacuum. Like I, I love, just building value and equity on my teams. But like, if you can afford that as a contender to pay DJ Moore in a first to go get Tyreek Hill, I'm not going to blame you for it because you're going for it. And it's important to win championships. Like that's the number one goal. Right. But I'm just saying like what I'm seeing on DLF trade finder, what I'm seeing his value dipping on keep trade cut. It's just, it's a no brainer. He is a value right now and you have to go make offers. The problem for me is, Mitch has him in all my leagues, so uh, I'm not going to be able to get him. Yeah, it's not happening, buddy. Uh, Do you have him in the breakout league as well? No, no, we don't. But the guy who has him uh, has been pretty stingy. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to revisit. But also, me and Mitch are are definitely contenders in that league, even though you and Trey... Uh, John and Trey beat me and Mitch while John and Trey are productive struggling in that league. So that was pretty embarrassing. You, you Upsets happen. Was, it's fine. You didn't think I was going to let you make it through the whole episode without mentioning it, did you? Mm-mm. Not, not <laughs> of a Of course, chance. man. Hey, hey, hey. Good win. Good win. Oh, but, bullshit. Uh, we're... Lucky, lucky win. You guys, you guys got lucky. What we we actually legitimately did. We were not trying to win. I, it was it was actually way to tank. We are we are barreling toward a buy on that league. I'm calling it right now. We're barreling toward a buy. I'm doubling like down. Alliteration there. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that does it for our uh, second half of insights. I want to open up an overtime section in case any of us have little one-liners like the like the lions and the steelers <laughs> like yeah hopefully we'll end in a tie like the lions and the steelers that yeah the, the listeners will love that was that the worst nfl game of all time that's the question oh god it was so bad they wouldn't let us go it was like merciless just like oh, deontay johnson fumbled great we have to keep watching this fucking game all right well let's do it boys who's going first of these one-liners Mitch, you're going first. You, you got you first. got you got like four All listed right. here. All right, let's go with my first one here. LaVisca Chenault sucks and I hate him. <laughs> All right. Good to have John, you on the team. You, yeah. You got sell, you got one? Yeah, definitely. Sell high on AJ Dillon. There is never going to be an opportunity that to get better value than you can get for AJ Dillon today. Go as cash if, out. As if John has any AJ Dillon shares. Zero. Fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, I got one. And mine is Miles Sanders, <laughs> I'm not. I can't give up Slime Sanders, You're going to y'all. Die on this hill. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. 
Miles Sanders, he's a buy. Look, he's a buy right now. It just so happened that right when Miles Sanders got hurt, the Eagles decided to become the best rushing offense in the league. And I think that's a coincidence. Like, I don't think it's Miles Sanders' fault. So I think Miles Sanders is going to benefit from the Eagles' new game plan, and that is to run the ball. You can get Miles Sanders for a second-round pick right now. Go do it. Miles Sanders is like a Happy Meal, dude. You're getting him with a side of Boston Scott and a fucking Jordan Howard to drink. You don't want that shit. Second-round pick, man. No. <laughs> I, I eat second-round picks for breakfast. Go get Miles Sanders for a second-round pick. All right, John, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we no, no, Mitch. We're, we're going your back turn. to you. No, What's your one? Uh, uh, Gabriel Davis sucks, and I hate him. <laughs> John, you got another one? Yeah, I just want to revisit one from a few weeks ago. I said, go sell Chuba while you could. Well, guess who got outsnapped last week by Amir Abdullah? Go Big Red. Chuba Hubbard looks like he might be third on the running back depth chart for Carolina. Oh, God. All right, my next one is Michael Pittman is a borderline wide receiver one. I have him wide receiver 15, one tick ahead of Calvin Ridley. And I think I'm a little late to the party. Uh, Michael Pittman's great. Mitch, what you got? All right, I, I'm going to skip the Johnny Smith sucks and I hate him bit because I think I've covered that uh, well enough this episode. <laughs> so uh, go pick up Zay Jones. Uh, oh, there, I, oh. I, I said it. It's, you know, it, oh God. it's in stone. It's live. Go trade for Hunter Renfro. Go trade for <laughs> Curtis Samuel and pick up Zay Jones. And, and cancel your TLG membership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we had a Patreon or something, I'd be like, yeah, go go cancel your Patreon subscription to the login. No, hey, it was a good episode. Like John always says, you can't always win with blockbusters. You got to win on the margins. So Hunter Renfro, Curtis Samuel, Zay Jones, those are the fucking margins. <laughs> those so, are the fringe hey, margins. Somewhere yeah. somewhere right now, Trey is shaking his head furiously. <laughs> Probably oh, God. Our, our dad, he's listening to Dad's this podcast. Like, God, I got to get what back on next week. They are do? going off the <laughs> fucking rails. I can see him wagging his finger from his front lawn right now. That's not his finger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That does it for episode 32 of the Long Game Dynasty podcast. Thank you for bearing with us, y'all. Trey, we'll see you next week, and we will see all of y'all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Later. Later.